For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. This week on Not Sam Wrestling, we've got half the NXT roster basically in the interview segment. We're going to recap SmackDown, a very controversial title change, as well as a potential debut. A lot to talk about right now. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Out of the airport. We're free. Back in the Not Sam studio. Thank you all for being here. Happy Monday. Happy beginning of the week. We're keeping it on schedule. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. And we are living in the hangover of what was the week that we've been waiting for. For months, if not more, we've been waiting for last week. What's the Raw season premiere going to look like? New announced team, new set, new creative direction potentially with more influence from Paul Heyman. What's Wednesday night going to look like with the new Wednesday night war, AEW, NXT? Who's going to win in the ratings? What are these TV shows even going to look like? Two hours live each, same time? And WWE finally comes to network television, real network television, Fox, with all the hype. I would say that SmackDown was probably the most hyped show of all of Premiere Week. Um, And so that was a question that a lot of people had. What is SmackDown going to look like on Fox? Is it possibly going to live up to all the hype? You know, the investment, the the financial investment that Fox made in it is people are very well aware of it. Is, are we going to see a product that looks like it was worth that kind of investment? All these questions were asked. And what is wrestling going to look, feel, sound, everything, smell like after today? The the first week of October 2019 was the most important week in, I don't know, years and years and years to me of pro wrestling. And it is a week that I think people are going to look back on the entire week, not just one day, not just one moment, but the entire week as the week that this this current era of wrestling began, an era where there is more wrestling on television than ever in the history. I think there's more wrestling on television than there's ever been anything on television right now. It's incredible. There's never been anything like it. You're talking about two plus three plus two plus two plus three plus two plus two two, four, six, nine hours of wrestling a week. That's just wrestling. In prime time, by the way, on big networks, USA, TNT, and Fox Network. Nine hours total. Plus, you got an hour WWE show coming to uh, Fox Sports Network every week. You've got uh, Impact on Access that we're not even counting. You've got New Japan on Access. You've got MLW, you've got Ring of Honor. I mean, dude, 
There is, I don't know anybody that's going to be able to watch it all. There's no way you're going to be able to watch all the wrestling available and have time for literally anything else in your life. That's the era that we're living in. And there's more money being put into pro wrestling right now than ever before. And you can tell that clearly, no matter whose product you're looking at, more money is being put into it. And with the Fox stuff, this is as mainstream attention as I think a pro wrestling show has ever gotten. You could argue that the Attitude Era was mainstream attention because it was such a cultural phenomenon. And you would have, you know, Monday Night Raw in the same conversation as South Park. And that's true. But I more mean when you look at Fox and like you're watching an NFL game and there's just advertisement after advertisement after advertisement for WWE. And now you're watching SmackDown. There's little bubbles coming up that are promoting the uh, football for the weekend and everything. It's just it's it's a much more mainstream feel than I've experienced any time recently. We're going to get into everything that happened on SmackDown this week after the interview segment. Uh, of course, we debuted last week in our two podcast a week format. And you're seeing now, you know, some weeks it's going to be easy. Some weeks it's going to be cake. But I do think that as we do two podcasts a week, you might get a bit more of a glimpse into my life and that sometimes it is chaos trying to juggle everything. Of course, on Thursday, in order to make sure that the podcast got out on Thursday, and technically didn't even get out on Thursday, by the time I actually got it up, and it wasn't timed or anything, this was me sitting in front of a computer. It was 2 a.m. technically on Friday. Because what happened, what had happened was, I was in Orlando. I talked about this on Thursday. But I said, you know, we talked about it on Monday. I'm not going to make a promise and then not deliver. So on Monday, the idea was we're starting our new schedule where every Monday the podcast will come out, and that is the Not Sam Wrestling franchise show the show with the interview the show with this intro the show with the segments like it'll it'll be the monday show the show that's still numbered is going to be the monday show however because there is so much wrestling i said in terms of topical stuff the interview will still be on monday but in terms of topical stuff we're going to cover smackdown we're going to cover pay-per-views and we're going to cover whatever is to come this week potentially on Monday. And then I said Thursday afternoon, we will post a bonus podcast where we will cover Raw, we will cover NXT, we will cover AEW, and whatever else has happened and looks like it may be happening. That's going to be an entirely topical show. So the first week already, of course, you know, I am lucky enough to have been a tiny part of this premiere week by uh, being one of the hosts of the NXT pre-show that was on the WWE Network before the NXT uh, two-hour premiere on USA. So that meant that I had to be in Orlando on Wednesday, which meant on Thursday, wake up in the morning, do the radio show, but I'm not at home yet. And also, I you know can't flip around the channels and, and make sure I have coverage of everything. So I figured, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll get on a plane. My flight leaves like 4.30, whatever time it was. I'll get on the plane. I will have already watched all the wrestling I need to by then. I'll come home, go right to the Not Sam studio, kiss the babies on the head, right into the Not Sam studio, put out the Thursday pod, post it immediately, and then be done in time for dinner. That was my thought. Unfortunately, my 4 o'clock flight turned into like a 10 p.m. flight. I was stuck in the airport forever, and I didn't end up landing on, on in New York until 12-something. So 
I said, there's no way I'm going to get home in the middle of the night now. It's already going to be 1 o'clock in the morning and want to record a podcast in the studio. Plus, then everything will be delayed another hour. I won't be able to go to bed ever. So I recorded the podcast, as you heard, if you listen to the Thursday show, completely in the airport. It was embarrassing. It was silly. It was necessary. And came home and edited everything together, added in the Triple H interview as a bonus, um, and posted it. So if you want to hear what it sounds like for me to do a topical wrestling podcast in an airport with a whole bunch of people looking at me, uh, and if you want to hear the Triple H interview that I did with Jim Norton and Bob Kelly on my SiriusXM show, if you're not a SiriusXM subscriber, I put the interview on the Thursday podcast. It's a fantastic interview, and I would recommend it. So this week... In order to uh, avoid any further complications and to make sure that the podcast comes out the time it should and the way it should sound, we're not going to discuss Hell in a Cell on today's show. If Hell in a Cell, if something mind-blowing happens, maybe I'll post a bonus show sometime on Monday. But I didn't want to risk it because here's my plan. Um, I'm By the time you hear this, it will have already happened, but I'm on the Hell in a Cell kickoff show right before Hell in a Cell. Then I'm obviously on the WWE Network. Then I'm jumping on a red eye to get home to go right to Sirius to do the Jim and Sam morning show. So after that, I'm like, you know, if everything goes according to plan, I'll get home Monday afternoon and maybe I can piece something together. So what I decided I would do is I would give you this podcast. I would do it right before Hell in a Cell. That's when I'm recording it. Um, And if something incredible happens at Hell in a Cell, We'll put out some bonus audio on Monday, but if not, Hell in a Cell coverage will happen on the Thursday show, okay? And we should be be all up to speed by then. Monday, of course, is a big podcast because it's interview day, and and this week, to celebrate uh, our second big Monday show, uh, we have a whole bunch of interviews. So when I was down in Orlando on Wednesday, uh, there was a media event, the day of the NXT premiere the wwe opened the doors of the performance center to a lot of members of the media and they gave everybody a tour which you know if you're in the media and you ever have a chance to tour the performance center it's bad ass uh but even cooler to me anyway because i'm a content guy they opened up the performance center the ring room as it's called the giant warehouse sized room that has seven rings in it something like that they opened that room up and they let all of us members of the media take a position and set up our equipment and interview half the roster of NXT as they came by. So I said, why not? Went in Rome, and I uh, I set up my camera, so that was a busy day. It was wake up, you know, before the crack of dawn, do Jim and Sam. Right after Jim and Sam, head to the Performance Center, interview a ton of NXT stars, Right after that, go back to the hotel, throw a suit on, head to full sail, and do the kickoff show. You couldn't ask for a funner life. You really couldn't ask for a funner life. But I want to be able to share that with you. So I interviewed a ton of NXT superstars. They're all my guests this week. Uh, One of the interviews, and I'm going to save it till the end, is with Bianca Belair. I finally had the opportunity to have a one-on-one conversation with Bianca Belair. It's a moment that a lot of people have been waiting for, I'm sure. So you can wait a little bit longer because before we get to Bianca Belair, first, (coughs) excuse me, first up is the NXT Tag Team Champions of the World, uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. I guess we should play this sweeper. 
The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. Look who's here. The NXT Tag Team Champions of the World. I have two microphones, so... Uh, Lucky you. Yeah, yeah. Lucky and you, you are... Uh, Sam. The last professional broadcaster. Jake Roberts. Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. We're here with Sam, Sam. Roberts. Yeah, 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 yeah. My name's Robert. Yeah? My, yeah, my real name. I guess Bobby does come yeah. from Robert. Yeah, Robert. I guess that's true. Yeah. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, so. Boys, what's the haps? Hey, we're uh, maybe mm. less than 12 hours away mm. from the NXT two-hour debut mm. live on prime Tom Telly. History making. history making, yeah, yeah. We're uh, mere times. hours away from making history, Sam. Yeah. Does that mean? So you are pestering us right now. Just I apologize yeah. for that already. Does the history mean retaining the titles or simply defending them? Successfully defending them, yes. Yeah, successfully, successfully defending them. Now is that a primetime hat? Is that why? Or made by the finest of Italian hat makers. I'd put out a second mortgage on my house actually to afford this thing. But when you are the undisputed era and you hold all the gold and you're selling more merchandise than you know what to do with, yeah. you gotta, you know, pay the expenses. Yeah. yeah. Life is good, Sam. Life is good. We're rich. That's congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Congrats, I just man. found out this morning. That's awesome. I'm rich. In friendship. In friendship. Yeah. Right. Right. And titles. That's true. Now, what would be the case, let's say, you know, right now, the Undisputed Era, all gold, just like the prophecy dictated it would be. What would happen? We know... uh, (laughs) Give me pot of gold. Roderick Strong is not defending the uh, North American title tonight. The NXT Championship's on the line. Tag Team Championships are on the line. If Adam Cole is successful... And when I mean, Adam Cole is successful. Rephrase that. When? But let's mm. say lightning strikes. And let's say the Street Profits. I've never heard of such a thing happening. Lightning? What? Mm. what Florida, this man. This this in Orlando? Like a, <laughs> this isn't Lord of the Get Rings. There's a bunch of wild stuff happening. Come on. Yeah. If you two were not to leave tonight with gold, Impossible. would it make it for a tough team meeting when the other two members had their gold? Sam, uh, in your phone, do you have my phone number? I don't know. I hope so. Okay. Can you please take it out? This the undisputed era. You can't there. be friends after that. Sam, Sam. you got to understand. The undisputed era. It's a united front. The four mm. of us are the tag team champions. Mm-hmm. The four of us are the North American champion. The four of us are the NXT champion. This is as united as it gets. We yeah. hold all the gold. Do you really understand? We hold all the yeah. gold. There's that all word the again. Haiku. Gold. Yeah. I just meant if you didn't, but I guess you will. So it's a silly question. Well, I mean, hypothetically, in a, a crazy alternate universe, if that were to happen, mm. yeah, things would be a little dicey, but we would get back on that horse and we yeah. would do everything yeah. we have to do to get a rematch. Yeah. And then we would just do it again. Frankly, I don't deal in hypotheticals, Sam. That's smart. Yeah. Why do you suppose nobody in NXT has really figured out the numbers game? Of the Undisputed Era. Is it because it's more than numbers? It's a brotherhood? I feel like that... that four of us. No, 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 no. no. I counted before. Oh. But why has nobody, whether it's somebody who's, who's facing Adam Cole, whether it's a tag team facing you two, like the Street Profits are coming at you as two men. Mm-hmm. I would think if I were one of the Street Profits, I'd say there should be two more of us 
because there's four of those guys. I just don't think they uh, really have the street smarts They're dumb. to figure that out. Is that it? Yeah. I see. They're they're dumb. Where there's one of us, there's another three. Where there's two of mm. us, there's another two. It just, yeah. we got each other's back through thick and thin, literally. Yeah. And you're all smart? All four? SMRT smart. Muy inteligente. If you had to pick one member of the Undisputed Era who's the least smartest, didn't say dumb, the least smartest member of the Undisputed Era, which of the four is just the least smartest? I mean, I'm not a pessimist. I'm an optometrist. So I'd say that, you know, we're all equally, uh, you know, smartest things that have batteries in them. Yeah. That makes sense. Sam, I'd, I, I feel like you're trying to uh, create some dissension here amongst us and uh it's just not, trying to get some answers that's all it's not gonna work okay good good i don't want there to be dissension i'm an undisputed era fan i got the action figures the so new adam cole like has one, the, does the hands and everything yes. yeah yes. i got the bobby fish and the kyle o'reilly on the shelf right next to oh, him oh my goodness you know oh, lucky you don't get the wrong idea about oh, me well no. i mean don't don't you get the wrong idea and what what uh how are they posed well, I'll tell you, you are, have the title around your waist. Okay. Adam Cole got the uh, Bay Bays up, and he's got the title around his waist. Mm-hmm. And the Kyle figure mm-hmm. playing air guitar on the championship. All right. That's okay. true. All right, so now tell me this. Are Realistic. they kind of like Elf on a Shelf? Do they uh, move to different locations? They do. Well, I like to have them with me. So right uh, now they're in my hotel here in Orlando. Good. They good. travel with me, you know. Sam, this is starting to sound dirty. <laughs> No, they'll be they'll be in my pocket while I'm doing the pre-show. You know, it's all okay. very important. All right, all right. <laughs> well, look, guys, I'm also an optometrist, and I think that you're going to do really, really, really well tonight. Do you look at an undisputed era match on USA as different than what it would be otherwise on the WWE Network? On you know, I mean, we play to win every single time, so mm. we're going to give. It every ounce of our being tonight, mm. whether that is the opening match um, on a coconut show loop here in Florida, or mm. if it happens to be the main event on the USA Network, we give it our entire being every single night, Sam. But and Sam, no I mean, let's be honest. Live uh, primetime television. I mean, the undisputed era. We <laughs> we're in this spot because we deliver. So rest assured, we will deliver for the best for a reason. Because you're the champs, and you're the champs because you're the best. Right? And we're the best because we're the champs, and we're the champs because we're the best, and yes. Where did you learn the air guitar technique? It's just uh, the music flows through my veins, and the second I, I uh, come through that curtain... It's flowing through your veins literally right now as we're talking. I thought yeah. you move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just... I, I just feel it, man. I come through that curtain, I get possessed, I become another person, and... Uh, there's no prying this precious gold championship loot from my hands ever again. When you say you play to win, is the goal to have the best match on the show and to be the team that people are talking about for years to come, or is it simply to walk in champs and walk out champs? Having the best match on the show is just a byproduct of us stepping in the ring to begin with. So our wow. main focus mm. is literally just to keep these bad boys yeah. around our 30-inch waists. Mm. 30 inch? That's a, that's, a, that's a nice slim waist. I rounded up. <laughs> I, I'm just impressed that you guys can have the best match of the night 
by mistake. It happens all the time. Mm. It's by default. Wow. Yeah. Well, look. Default mode. I can't wait to watch. I think it's going to be spectacular. You've convinced me. I believe that you will defend these titles successfully. That's what I think. Thank yeah. you. We're on the same page. And you know why I really... we agree on something. I, I'll tell you why I think that. Because if you do not defend the titles successfully, all of a sudden your hat will look ridiculous. Yes. However, today, it looks like the hat of a champion. That's right. So, wise words. it is. Wise words. Congratulations, guys. You guys are undisputed. Thank you, Sean. When people hand me microphones, I get a little nervous. <laughs> I feel like they're handing me an expensive piece of equipment that I have to be responsible for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be okay. They're like... Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> We're here at the Performance Center on a big day. A big day. The biggest day. For Candice LeRae. It's the biggest <laughs> you day. Rhymed. The big you day rhymed. for Candice LeRae. I was thinking about that all night last night. Going like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to nail it. I know. It's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I'm going to nail it tomorrow when we get there. <laughs> well, what's the haps, Candice? Oh, you know, not nervous at all. Not at all. Are you, as you go around, because there's a lot of media here at the Performance Center. Yes. And I'm, I'm like trying to think like, I talked to Matt Riddle. He doesn't seem to be even slightly concerned. He's like, yeah, no, I got this. It'll be fine. But I would think, and I don't want to put this in your head, but I would okay. feel like if I had on my shoulders what you and everybody who's on the show tonight <laughs> has on their shoulders, I'd be having these conversations with people like me and like looking right through me, <laughs> thinking only about like, okay, no, it's I'm thinking actually, about tonight, thinking about it's, tonight. It's kind of nice because like we are thinking about tonight, but it's not, it, it's a little bit of a distraction without being a distraction. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's, a, it's a break from like sitting here stressing out and going, okay, what am I going to do? And like, what am I going to wear? How am I going to do my hair? And like, what, what do I need to actually prepare for? Like physically and mentally. Like, so it's kind of a nice little like breather for us right. to do this right now. Like you're not being irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. Because this is part because of the this job. this is part of it. Because we, we've been talking about it so much today, like about being on USA. Like you can't, I can't ignore the fact that today is the day. Yeah. Like I know, but it's it's just like it's kind of nice to be able to talk. I don't know. It's almost getting me more excited than nervous. Too, that's good. So that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, and when you go out, right, and you you guys crush in that first match on USA. Uh, thank you. Does that give you more confidence? Oh, I'm still so nervous. Go, okay. So you're like, no, I did that once. So it was completely luck. It was actually well. See, that's how I would usually feel. <laughs> like, but I had four or three other people, and well, now four because the referee is a part of this as well. That's right. She's part of this team, and being in there, I was like, oh my gosh, they got me. If nothing else, they got me, right? They got me. <laughs> I, if if I fall on my face, they got me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, look at those three over there. Yeah. Like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. All, it's all surreal. I see. So now it's like no distractions. Yes. One-on-one. -on -one yes. Championship match. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole shebang. <laughs> you're, just, you're just like, here, yeah. you're, you're not nervous. I know nervous. you were getting okay, excited, but let's, this. Let's, let's, let's pile that on. And that one, that too. Oh, by the way, title on the line, and there you go. <laughs> you feel better? Yeah, I feel great. <laughs> I feel so great. Your, uh, your journey to get here is pretty interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, Johnny was here for quite a while before you got here. Yeah. <laughs> you finally came, lots of fanfare, but not a lot of title opportunities and things like that. Like, I feel like every step, 
you had to do a lot of work towards that. Yeah. Was was this Such position my career? <laughs> <laughs> Story of my career. <laughs> was being here was this always kind of the goal in your head? Oh yeah. yeah. When I was six years old, I was like, I'm gonna be Macho Man. I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna be a wrestler, and that's what I'm gonna be when I grow up. And so, no doubt in my mind that that's what I was gonna do. But this place didn't exist then. Right. So herein lies this. Once NXT kind of came about. Uh, Bailey was a part of NXT and I being one of her friends from like before she was with this company uh, I'm gonna watch and I'm gonna support my friend and then I started going oh my gosh like this is this is so different like what they're doing is so different this is for the women who grew up wanting to be macho man not Elizabeth yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You> just, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I'm like oh wow like this what they're doing in this brand is is unique it's special like there's something about it and then I think I said to somebody the other day the only way that I could describe this is like I didn't think that I could love wrestling more than I did like working and getting here and like my whole life I didn't think I could love it anymore and then this place came about and then I was like oh it is it is possible to love something that's more. amazing yeah because this is I feel like I feel like I was when I was going through my journey of becoming macho man <laughs> I got to a point where I was like I'm not I wasn't the girl that was like doing my hair and makeup and this and that like I it was I only learned kind of how to do makeup because of wrestling so I was like oh man all these girls they're like they're pretty and like at the time it was like divas and I'm like oh that is not me right like, I, I do not fit that mold and like yeah okay like blonde hair but I'm like this really insecure, like quiet, shy, like band geek. I'm like, I don't, I'm not them. Like they're, they're a totally different kind of monster. Right. And then I was like, well, you know what? I'm, I may not make it there, but darn it. I still want to be a really good wrestler because I love it. Well, this is going to ask if at any point you had been like, you know what? Like wrestling is so healthy. Yeah. I've got this huge career outside of WWE. Yeah. I'm going to be just fine. This is what my life is going to be. Yeah. Well, That's for the longest time, I was like, I, I just don't think that I'm what this company wants. And again, like nobody, nobody in this company has ever said, yeah, we don't want that. This is what we're looking Like nobody has <laughs> ever said that. Head, like, but yeah, when yeah. you're like this insecure, shy, like, ch like teenager or young adult, you, you don't think like, oh yeah, that's what I'm going to be one day. I'm going to be there. Like my, I started to doubt becoming macho man so I was like you know what I still really love this and I love doing it and I tell Johnny all the time my favorite part of wrestling is wrestling I just love to do it I love the physicality of it I love I I love flying in the air not really being sure where my body's gonna land or how it's gonna land I just right. I love it and it's like finding out how it feels to get <laughs> kicked in the face with a bunch of yeah, thumbtacks and yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I have one little baby teeny tiny scar right there <laughs> um but yeah like I even in that moment, like feeling something just smash against your head and like knowing where you are and knowing that, wow, like I'm fine. Everything's okay. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm fine. And like through, I'm, I'm very blessed because through my independent career, I connected with a lot of fans that found something in my wrestling. And for a while I was like, oh, this is my purpose in wrestling. My purpose is to be this empowering person for these people who maybe who were like me you know like these shy kids that weren't the popular kid in school who kind of got picked on and like you felt just out of place always and then they find something that they've connected with and 
like that's such a special thing to have. Like my whole like the independent career and having the tough cupcake icon, like that the tough cupcake is not me. It's the people who are like me. Like it's something that they can right. it's a symbol for like all of us that are like we're not we're not the person that's gonna be picked to win a fight. We're not the person who's like, oh yeah, that that person's gonna go and do big things. We're just this cute little tiny thing that's potential is just out of this world and just enduring and pushing through all this stuff yeah that's what that was and so connecting with those people I was like this is what this is my purpose Uh and I thought okay well you know I've done something at least and now I'm like oh now now I work at Disneyland for wrestling (laughs) and it's great yeah there's a whole other universe it's just here the whole time there's all this other stuff to do now it's crazy I mean it is kind of nice the way the timing worked out because I have to imagine that you were getting to a point where you were like as far as the independents go, there's not that much left for you to accomplish, no. right? You kind of did it all and then some. Yeah, and I was kind of, I, I used to be, I used to have the theory that like, oh, I'm probably not going to have kids and like, I'll just do wrestling forever and it's going to be fine. And even if it's just indie wrestling, I'm fine with that because right. I just love wrestling. Right. And then I met Johnny and I was like, oh no, I want kids. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have now. a how do I how do I process this so like it was I it was a scary time even with like this company just reaching out to me and saying oh you know like you want to come here Johnny and you're like oh no we want kids but we both are on the same page just like if I don't do this if I don't do the thing I've been wanting to do my entire life like this at this place that I love more than anything in this world like how what am like am I really going to be happy and what, like, what that. are you going to teach your kids? <laughs> like, like, mommy had dreams too. Yeah, mommy had and dreams. And then you got here. Yeah, and then. <laughs> yeah. So when, so like Plus, when like I wrestling had, for WWE, well, yeah. probably just wait until after kids. Like, can we do it in 20 yeah. years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I just didn't imagine this would happen in my 30s. And I'm not shy to admit I'm in my 30s. So It's I, uh, okay. Yeah. I am too. <laughs> 30s. <laughs> Best years of my life. <laughs> it really is though. That's great. But like, I had gotten to the point with Johnny where we were married and he was here working here and we were both living here in Orlando and I told him like I'd already done my own classic and I hadn't heard back and I was going I don't know if this is gonna happen man and I was I mean it's it's fine I, if they if maybe I'm not doing something or I'm not what they want and that's fine but like I guess you know I just we have kids and I was even texting my tech partner on the indies, I was texting him and I was like, I, I think I'm going to be done after this year. It was December. I was like, I think, I think I said, I think maybe even next year sometime we do our last like world's cutest tag team loop and then we're done. And the next day, I kid you not, like I, I'm, I wish I was making this up (laughs) because it's so ridiculous to tell people this and they're like, Oh, that's not, but this actually happened like the next day where I was like, okay, this is it. I was contacted by WWE, and they asked me to come in for a meeting, and I came in, and they offered me a contract. You're like, yeah, uh, Joey, remember that thing I said <laughs> yeah, to you yesterday? Yeah. Never mind that thing. I got home. <laughs> I, got home. I, was, I was really cool and calm and collected here, and I don't think too many people know this, but, like, I I don't like to, like, show my emotions in, in public places because I feel very, like, vulnerable and, like, oh, my God, everybody's... So, keep those walls up. Yeah, so... <laughs> 
when I was here and they were talking to me, I was very calm. I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like, oh my gosh, thank you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get home and I'm just like on my bathroom floor weeping <laughs> and I'm texting Joey and I'm like, Joey, <laughs> you love me a contract. And like Johnny gets on me, he's like, what's wrong? Cause I never, I don't like even movies. Like I, we, he's all, you don't cry. Like not even during the Lion King. Asa <laughs> dies. And I'm like, no. Look what Sim is going yeah, through. What's just, wrong with you? I don't you? cry. And it's, I think it's because it's a disconnect. And I think that's what I try to do in the real world. Yeah. Cause I'm like, ah, I've disconnected. Yeah. And then I get home and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so like I, I cried just in the like, bathroom. And ugly face crying yeah. on the well, floor. Well, and that's the thing. I'm yeah. one of those people that it's like ugly and like snot happens. <laughs> I'll maybe drool. Like it's not, it's, it's not, not a movie. It's not a like, rom-com. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want people to see me like this. <laughs> gonna think i have problems but so he comes home and he finds you crying on the bathroom floor <laughs> yeah. and he's like what happened yeah he's like what, what the heck is going on i'm like my dream's coming true <laughs> it's all real <laughs> <laughs> and then who'd thunk we fast forward to today and yeah. i'm like uh <laughs> so when you started doing this stuff with 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 eo oh, did you gosh. kind of know like oh i think i kind of see where this is going like there's there's I feel like I never know where right. anything is going <laughs> as much as I'm and actually they don't like, tell me where anything is I'm going. not even supposed to be <laughs> yeah, here <laughs> I'm actually I think I just snuck in there I was like oh Johnny you got to do that thing in the morning uh okay I'll just go to hair and makeup and we'll just <laughs> we'll just have it done but um with EO I I felt like they were like here's the silver platter and here you go. <laughs> like uh -huh. you, you have this, and you can do what you will with it, but it's all you. And like, it's either I, gonna work or it's not. Well, and it's like, I got so, I hadn't been that nervous. I told Johnny I hadn't been that nervous since doing the Guerrilla Warfare match, and like because I just felt like there was so much pressure. You know, when you're in these scenarios, there's so much unknown because we've never, like, we never wrestled at this point. Like, I'm all, this is the first time we're actually touching each other. Like, actually going in here and physically, like, wrestling against each other. And, like, I'm all, there's, I don't, it could go great or it could be very bad. And then, like, if it's bad, I'm like, this is the first time people are actually going to get to see me wrestle as, like, me and not have anything interfering with what, like, with what I'm doing. You know, yeah. I'm not like, oh, my husband is going through so much <laughs> right. and I can't even focus on this match. Like, yeah. it's me being like, oh, I'm, I'm mad and now I'm going to, I'm going to come to battle like I would any of the matches that I've done it's on a, Independence. Yeah, it's you know? a Candace story. And I'm like, okay. We can do this. It's going to be great. And I was so nervous and I was so scared, but I was also like excited. And it's just because I, I'm very hard on myself. I don't watch any of my matches. They force us to do it here because they want us to get better. It's just so funny. It's like, not, it's not like they're Johnny, mean about it. Johnny literally said the same thing. Like, I just hate all my own matches yeah. and don't watch them. No. So it must just be a cycle of like, no, no comes, you're good, but I'm not. No, comes, no, you're good, but I'm not. He comes to the back and, and be like, oh, yeah, great. And then we go to the hotel room and he's all like bummed out. And I'm like, what do you, I was like, do you realize that when you came through the curtain, DX <laughs> was like hugging you right. and high-fiving you and they're pumped. And I was like, you're telling me that 10, 11, 12-year-old you came back through that curtain and DX is there like, yeah! I'm like, you had DX watching your match the way you watched DX. Do you understand? But do you, do you think, you could see that on him, but let's say tonight. Okay, yeah, okay. Let's okay. say that happens to you, right? <laughs> are right, you going to come right. and be like, are you going to be like, 
I don't think that was that good. It could have been better. Well, I did have a moment after takeover where Triple H like lifted me off the floor. Uh-huh. And I somebody caught it, I think, but I was like, "What is happening? <laughs> what? What just happened? Like, why? Why? Do you? Was that what? <laughs> like, there's a lot of really bizarre things that happen here, but like." With things like that, I have to just step aside from it and go, like, I just need to be happy with what it was. They're happy, and, like, I felt good. I'm healthy. Like, Let's keep moving. Yeah, move forward. And now here we are. Well, here <laughs> we are. forward to today. You're going to be live. <laughs> You're going to be on USA Network. Yes. You're going to be competing for the NXT Women's Championship. Yes, all the big things. <laughs> what a day. What a day. Thanks for making time for me on oh, this day you. of days. I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So we're about to head into our interview with Matt Riddle at the WWE Performance Center. But, I mean, you could tell when you listen to this audio, you can tell how worn out I am, how exhausted physically exhausted I am. The trips that I go on, the amount of work that I'm doing, I just, my body screams at me, Sam, you have to stop. Just let me rest. And then I get home and guess what? My wife, she doesn't want me to rest. My wife wants to feel wanted, desired. And she wants me to show that to her physically. And you're probably going, Sam, how do you do it? No man is a machine. And you're right. No man is a machine. But you can feel closer to being a machine with Blue Chew. Yes, Blue Chew will make your genitals as close to a machine as you could possibly imagine. It is amazing what Blue Chew can do. They are single-handedly saving my relationship. And maybe, just maybe, if what's missing in your relationship is physical intimacy, they can save yours too. Now... A lot of times it's not just medical ailments. A lot of times it's a, it's a confidence issue. It's a mental block. It's whatever it is, okay? Blue Chew is there to help you with that. Because when I take a Blue Chew, I've got the confidence that, to, to know that I'm a superhero in the sack. And when you've got that confidence, it carries with you. It's the color blue. You know by now what blue chew is. It's the first chewable that's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime you want. They're chewable, so they work twice as fast. You could take them on an empty stomach. You could take them on a full stomach. Whenever you need to do it, whenever you need to rise to the occasion and show that partner of yours what the big Val Boski is all about, blue chew is there for you. With blue chew... What you've got will be just like a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> the more you play with it, the harder it gets. <laughs> Who doesn't remember Val Venus promos? Bluetooth is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, no awkwardness whatsoever. And since they're made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. It's incredible. Go to bluechew.com and you don't you don't have to believe me cuz you can get your first shipment for free when you use promo code Roberts. Use promo code Roberts and you will be a new man and it will be free. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping. Try it for yourself today. It's amazing. That's b l u e chew.com promo code Roberts. Try it for free. Here's Matt Riddle. Here we are at the Performance Center. With the original bro, the man who has an opportunity to try to take the NXT championship away from Adam Cole tonight. That's Matt Riddle. Matt, what's the haps? 
Just chilling, bro. Uh, getting mentally prepared for this match and uh, about to woo the millions, hopefully millions tonight, that watch it on the USA Network. So do you only have two kind of – do you have a switch? Are you on or are you off? Because I feel like when you're in the ring – very intense, ready to hurt somebody, ready to cause physical pain. When you're out of the ring, you're not intense at all. Yeah, you know, I get that a lot. And I remember even when I first started wrestling or even fighting, people are like, don't seem like a fighter or a wrestler. You're like so laid back, like you're a surfer. Like, do you like play music? And I'm like, no, like I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. But I've been able to wrestle and fight my whole life. And uh, it's just what I do. And uh and I'm very good at flipping that switch from going from how you doing, normal person, to I'm going to, like, I can't say that, but, <laughs> but I'm going to hurt you. Yeah, yeah. Does, is there a confidence that comes with knowing that you can hurt people? Like, I always wonder that, with, uh, especially with fighters. I mean, any real pro wrestler or sports entertainer has all the same, mm-hmm. you know, tools or whatever. But when you're a trained fighter, you have to realize that should something break out you're gonna be fine should somebody come and attack a member of your family you're gonna be fine they're gonna end up with broken limbs and in a lot of pain yeah Does that level of confidence when you know I mean, that's not an issue for you anymore well come? I, though i think once you get to a certain level of athleticism and like fighting even if you're one of the best in the world to be one of the best you have to take everybody kind of serious yeah and once you start taking everything serious and that aspect of fighting or combat fighting does it's very easy in that sense because you take everything serious you're worried about everybody and even the good or bad you don't take anybody for granted but i think people that are good at fighting take people for granted that's how you get knocked out you're like oh you know so right when you see somebody that you don't expect to get knocked out it's because yeah you know so for me i take everybody serious and i think that's what made me as dangerous as i am and maybe that's another thing people don't take me as serious because i'm so like this right and then i start smashing (laughs) them like what where did that guy come from right right are you an ambitious guy or are you more just about training and getting your skill I like to train, get my skill. I mean, that's, I mean, I stay in shape. Right, but you're not one of these guys that's like, I have to be the greatest of all time to ever do, or are you? I mean, I think by default, you know, with my skill set and what I bring to the table and everything like that, I think I'll be one of the best wrestlers mm-hmm. of all time, hopefully, you know. You never know what's going to happen. But uh, I think the, the ride I'm on and the set I'm on, I think things are going to be good. I feel like you and Twitter is a bad combination. And I'll tell you why. I read your tweets. I find them entertaining. Yeah. I want to know what your take on things is. Yeah. But all you do is make enemies on Twitter. You know, I feel like people post stuff or people do stuff. Or, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things. It's like... Yeah, I don't mean any harm by it, but like if I see something that's not good or hilarious, I'm gonna post that. You still post you know, it, you yeah. I, I, and like, and I try not to. I don't mean it mean, you know, but just happens. Or I do things that I think are sarcastic, and then they come off as not as sarcastic. That's the thing about you know, technology; you know, it forgets sarcasm a lot. Yeah. Yes. So it's one of those things. It's whatever. 
I, and that's how I look at it. Like, I have a very thick skin. I've been through a lot in my life, and, you know, and my life's just begun. So it's, like, probably going to be through a lot more. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where it's, like, I don't know, something like Twitter really doesn't bother me. It doesn't. You know? Do you ever, when you hear that people are like, oh, I'm pissed off that he said this on Twitter, I'm pissed off that he that's said funny. that on Twitter, do you kind of go to them and go, like, hey, I heard you might be mi-? Or you're just like, you know what, that's your deal. That's that's their deal. You know, if somebody has a problem, they can always message me. I think my message box is open or whatever, so anybody can message me. <laughs> you think, me. but whatever. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. know, I don't really, I really don't, like, it's so crazy now. I don't really look at the messages anymore or anything yeah. like that. I just post some stuff, walk away. Yeah. Maybe that's part of my problem. I just post stuff and <laughs> post walk Post and away. leave. I'm like, I'll check on that in 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And and then, then, like you wake up from a nap and you're and like, then, oh, my God. WWE's like, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, I but put my hey. phone down for a sec. What hey, can it, I tell it'll you? It'll happen. Yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, when you're here in NXT, do you feel like there? It's a, it's a big community, or are you more of a loner type of person? It's a community. We're family here, but at the same time, you know, when you're around people so much, mm-hmm. you start, you go from like being like, "Hey, good to see you again," to being like, "Hey." not that you dislike one another or whatever but you know or say like you have to wait somewhere for something or you're on a bus ride you can't expect everybody to be like 99 bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> like, you know it's like, we're not, it's like we're eventually just gonna be like dude, like freshmen in high school on the way to their first like wrestling meet or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah shut yeah. it dude chill out <laughs> i'm tired i want to relax we gotta there's wrestle like, tonight there's always one guy that doesn't quite get that that's the vibe and he's like come on guys nxt the guys get it the girls get it too we, yeah we, we're pretty quiet on the bus, unless, you know, it's a later bus ride or something like that, and then, you know, we'll do... Have know, a good time. Have, have, some, have fun. some fun. Have yeah. some fun. I get that. Um, do you wake up on a morning like this morning and feel differently? Do the butterflies start going? Does your head start spinning? You know, like, people, like we're having this conversation, people, people but you're thinking... People ask me about, like, stuff like this, about the match all the time, and nervous about USA, all that. No, not really. Is there some nerves? Yeah. Do I feel some pressure? Yeah. But I've been on pay-per-views. I've been on TV before. Like, this isn't something that's completely new or foreign to me. And like, and I feel pretty confident about it, you know, especially after last week and the week before. And yeah. Seeing how everything goes, you know. If anything, if anything, real life, like, bothers me more so than, like, this. This is what I love to do. This right. is Right. This is the escape you know? still. Everything else, like... Oh, who's picking up the kids from school? You know? <laughs> is everybody okay? You know, are the bills paid? Whatever, you know. That's more stressful to me and that stuff in life, right. you know. But I guess that's because, like you said in the beginning, you're, you're confident in your abilities enough that you know if you just put in there, you know what you're doing, right? That's it. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because, I mean, you can kind of, on, on days like today... You can kind of see people, even when we're having a conversation, they're not quite in the conversation. They're thinking, I got to think about yeah. what's going yeah, on yeah, yeah. at, you know, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock tonight. Yeah, like, it's already. Zone, I'm not thinking about wrestling. I'm probably thinking about, like, <laughs> something at home or, like, a video game I want to play or something. You're like, you're like, like, uh, yeah. You're like, no. how many hours until like, I'll be done with everything I, so like, I can I, play? I'm calling myself. I'm like, tonight, it's like, the match is going to be awesome. Win, lose, or draw. It's going to be probably, incredible. I'm probably going to win. You really think so? Yeah, well, look at me. I mean, no, you are. I'm here's, here's my worry. He he's got undisputed. Era. He's got all of them, and I feel like you. 
lose friends. You don't make friends. Like, what do you mean? Like when I go on not, Twitter, not you know. in NXT, just on Twitter. Oh, I'm it's a different losing, deal. I'm not losing friends in NXT. I mean, then again, that brawl seemed like nobody helped me. I That's what like, I'm saying. I got I, I got jumped by Imperium pretty hard. And right. Like, I was and like, then I felt like everybody jumped in. I was like, oh yeah, more people, but like. Nobody was really helping me. They just no. kept punching me. No, they were so, sitting there like, oh. So, you know what? <laughs> Hold Twitter let fingers. Pl- let him fend for himself. Let, let it play out a couple more weeks. <laughs> Maybe the boys are still policing themselves. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I went right back to that tweet, and I was like, they're mad at him. Maybe. I don't think so. I think it's just misunderstanding. <laughs> you know, we'll be fine. Happens all the time. Yeah. Happens yeah. all the time. At least the fans like me. They do. The fans do like you. They love you. Yeah. I mean, they chant, bro. They chant, bro. You know when you know you're doing bro. well? When, when I would, like, talk to people who don't necessarily watch, and they go like this, who's that bro guy? Yeah. I like him. People like the bro. They like him. They like him. Likeable guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, you're more, like, thinking about, like, okay, I already know that's going to be good. But what's, what, what's, what's after that? I got to play this video game. Then I got to wake up in the morning. I got to take care of the kids. Got to yeah. life. Just, you know, just life. Or, or, you know, my thing is this, too. I love wrestling. I love entertaining. I love doing everything. But and like even when I fought, I loved fighting. But my favorite part is when it's over. I get that. You know, like ah, like I can sit home and watch what I just did. Right. Or I can just relax and forget about it for a little bit, zone out and or, be at peace. Or just enjoy the fact that you accomplished it. I just did it and I did a good job. That's the best part. It's a good time. Is having done it. Yeah. Yeah, I get that, man. Yeah. I get that. Well, I can't wait to watch you have done it. And I'm gonna be thinking to myself. He's found his happiness. Yeah, he's good. He's now. finished. Yeah. We have we have an after party afterwards, so so I, I don't know. Maybe I'll find happiness there. You probably will. Maybe. I think so. You seem like a jovial guy, right? Maybe. <laughs> Looking for a good time. We'll see. Well, Matt Reddell, I can't wait. I think it's so cool that you're getting an opportunity like this on the USA Network. You're gonna show the world, man. We'll see. You're hope gonna I show don't the world. Mess up. Yeah, man. I hope not. Yeah, maybe, I hope not. But I'll be watching. Too, bro. Yeah. You know who I know won't mess up. Me, because I'm not going to get in the ring like that. I feel very confident about it. That's a good spot. (laughs) Thanks, man. It's NXT Day. I mean, I guess every day at the Performance Center is NXT Day because it's kind of who's here. But today is a very special day because today is the day that proceeds tonight. And tonight is the (laughs) night that uh, two hours for the first time ever on USA, NXT is going to be live. And the women's champion of the world, Shayna Baszler, is here. Shayna, first of all, what's the haps? Doing this, doing the doing champ stuff, you know. I I mean I don't know. I can only assume, <laughs> but I assume. I mean it sounds great. Is there anything like you haven't had a match on USA yet? But you've had a, a you know you had an appearance on the first episode. Like, is there a different energy in Full Sail when you guys know this is this is going out to USA? There's definitely um, the energy. Is a lot like takeover energy. You know, Every it's, week. It's, it, and it's crazy. It's an adrenaline dump. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely like something in the air back there. There has been the past few weeks. And uh, I think the fans can feel it as well when they're, when they're out there. And uh, it's like a, like a symbiotic relationship. The fans can feel it. And we feed off that energy. And then they feed off us. So uh, it's, it's, it's a cool time. What is the what's what's the what are the after effects of it? Like what is I've always wondered what's that dump like for you guys, especially I mean now you're doing takeover quality matches on TV every week, but like the high that you must go on when you know you've killed it at a takeover because you've felt it and literally everybody that's performed at a takeover has felt it. 
but that high is so high. How do you organically come off of that in a healthy way that allows you to just keep rolling on to the next thing? You know, it's funny. I was discussing that with uh, like Jess and Marina because we had this tradition when we were doing TV tapings before that after TVs, we'd have like a drink and McDonald's or like cheese, like something, you know, but we're like, man, this is every week now. So we can't, right. we can't like be eating cheeseburgers every week. Yeah. Cause I got like five like, weeks to get myself yeah, back like, in shape. It's, but, not, yeah. it's not, it's not like that anymore. Um, I think it's just it, now the schedule is such that we have to find like little ways to let the pressure valve off. Cause I mean, like last week we were live um, Wednesday night and we I had to be at the airport at 5 in the morning to go do a show Thursday night so right um, and then we were on all weekend you know and we didn't get back till Monday and now we're doing TVs every Wednesday so I think it's just a, a matter of um, finding times and ways to kind of uh, decompress now yeah. that's not it doesn't have to all be at once right just being able to maintain um, so that we can have a high work rate does a move like this even put the main roster like in any of your I mean I can't speak for everybody obviously but in your head like it, I, I feel like this cements kind of NXT is that third brand where it's not like you're not thinking about the mobility as much I anymore. I mean I think any roster I'm on is the main roster. Right. But but uh, you know it's it's not we're all it, it's such a crazy time right now it would be um, a mistake, I think, to look anywhere else than right at what we're doing right at the moment. Yeah. It's such a important and historic time. You know, obviously, there's uh, it's more of a side shuffle now. It's not. It, I don't think it's called up anymore. Where, where it's it's more of a called across, I guess. But um, <laughs> just call over here. I think the opportunities, and I think people don't understand that, like having more options now so it's not just about being called up it's about oh i can mix it up so now we can see kind of this i can conceivably as the nxt women's champion have a wrestlemania moment right i could conceivably as the nxt women's champion be a viable competitor in the royal rumble right it's not it's not like oh here's the special attraction you know what i mean so for you to get thrown um, into a money in the bank match is not a crazy thing right exactly so i think the opportunities are there no matter where we're at now it's equal ground so did you know how well you were going to take to the nxt way of life i mean i know you had already wrestled a lot before getting here so it's not like pro wrestling was new to you but sports entertainment and nxt and wwe is like an animal into and of itself and i feel like for some people it clicks. Some people it doesn't click. Some people are better doing different things. Like, you know, the way you propelled at the top of the women's division and have just stayed there and stayed there inarguably. Like, you're not in this spot where people are going like, why is she still? It's like, no, she's still the best, right? So did you did you come in going like, oh, I'm going to be able to be the best here? Or did you go, I got to figure out what the learning curve is? I, I, there was obviously things I had to learn, and I think when you look back at, like, my May Young matches as compared to now, you'll even see a difference. But I think that I am the perfect ingredients of, like, luck and circumstance where I had coaches for MMA, because I, I was never in MMA for the purpose of, like, one day I'm going to go wrestle. Yeah. Um, but I happened to have coaches that were also professional wrestlers, so when that opportunity presented itself, it wasn't like I had to go learn a bunch of new stuff. 
I learned the same stuff I've been learning, maybe a little different. Right. Um, so that helped, and then it helped that uh, NXT at the time is like putting a big focus on their women's division, and I think the rise of Ronda in the UFC putting uh, mixed martial arts at the forefront just made this storm of like people were ready to see this kind of no-nonsense realism. There was a time where, I, you know, I wouldn't have fit back in, I don't think I would have fit in any other time period, at least in the U.S., um, for women's wrestling. Uh, so I think it was just, I, I happened to be born at this time and, like, had the right coaches. And obviously at the PC we have, like, the best coaches in the world. So... Uh, um, and you happen to just, be coachable, right? Like some people, yeah, you they just doesn't... I, you know, contrary to what you may think, I did not come to NXT thinking I knew everything, and I think that's a very important thing. You can't come in... Don't come in expecting anything. Come in wanting something, but don't come in expecting anything. And, and, and you know, work. Put your nose in the ground and work, and it all comes out in the wash. So and, you, you never had aspirations. Like when you were in MMA, because I know you grew up a wrestling fan, mm-hmm. but when you were in MMA, you were like this satiates that need there was no sort of yeah I think I I think I definitely got into MMA and a lot of my MMA stuff came from my love of pro wrestling yeah. I would come out with a guitar and like say crazy things in interviews um, that it was be like how do you want to win today or how do you see yourself winning Shayna and I'd be like I'm gonna get DQ'd because I'm gonna run her through with my guitar and <laughs> like uh, just crazy things and um it's funny because now I'm here and I'm like the fighter, so I'm like right. Yes, I was like more outlandish when I was fighting, but um, it, it was never a yeah. I did not do MMA with the purpose to one day. I didn't think I was one day gonna pro wrestle. Right. It just kind of happened naturally, and I think if I had been in MMA with that as a plan, I wouldn't be the wrestler I am today. I think the reason I am the wrestler I am today is because I was fully in MMA. I I 100% know what it feels like to stand behind the curtain, to go out into a fight, to face someone trying to take my lunch money and try to be the best in the world at it. I know 100% what that feels like. And I think if I had gone into it with this like, I mean, I'm gonna see what I learn and then I'm gonna go into this pro wrestling stuff, I wouldn't be what I am so I think everything just kind of happened and I, I just uh, accepted the ride as it went you know? did you fight as a kid like did you get into fights uh, I didn't I, I didn't get into fights I, I, I wrestle I learned to wrestle just by proxy because my dad was a, a wrestling my dad and my uncle were wrestling coaches but it was more um, I thought I could fight so I was mouthy but uh, um, yeah. Potentially, should this turn into a fight, I'll be fine. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Now that I know how to fight with game planning and technique, I'm not sure what I would have done. <laughs> because trying to pin someone or something isn't like what you do. But um, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't like. I, I was always one of those kids that was like mouthy enough to try to get you to like want to punch me so that I could have an excuse. Right. But it never really went that right, way. Like you Just start kids. this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah so. totally, totally. Well, look, I'm super happy for you. And it's super cool that you're getting this match for the first time in NXT on NXT TV tonight. Mm-hmm. Do you cycle through like different ways to choke people out and different <laughs> ways? Like, like, how can I make this come out of nowhere? How can, how can well, I change this? Some people... 
when they go to school, go to school for like 10 years to be a doctor. Yeah. And some people go to school for 10 years to be a lawyer. I went to school for 16 years learning how to put people to sleep and bend their limbs in ways it doesn't go. So, you know, I have my doctorate in that. <laughs> well, so. I can't wait to see the doctorate in action. Thanks for, thanks for making the time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> We're back at the WWE Performance Center, and a guy who knows how to perform. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. is Johnny Wrestling, yeah. Johnny Gargano. What's the haps, man? It's awesome, right? It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. This it's whole wild. thing is cool. Yeah, the whole day feels like, I don't know, I got the tingles. I'm feeling it's good. It's a big deal. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I mean, does this feel like a takeover day? I feel like it's it's different. It's, it's almost bigger, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, Dare I, know, I say? Like it's, it's hard because they said kind of, you know, getting that takeover mentality uh, for today because the first two hours live on the USA Network, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you want to kind of have that big show mentality, but it... it it just feels different. It feels like takeovers are special. This also feels special. Like I, I sent out a tweet a couple minutes ago where like we kind of have this weird power now where we control all this. Yeah. And like I remember how cool wrestling was in the 90s, how hot the time period was. Like, like we have the, the power to create that now. Like and I want to be able to tell my grandkids one day about 10 to 19. I want to be able to tell them about today. Today everything changed. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's very possible. And it's also like the vibe at TakeOver 25 was different because – there's always this thing, like, when you go to a takeover, you're looking to steal the weekend, mm -hmm. you're performing in an arena that other people are going to be performing in, like, you kind of know this is a WWE weekend, takeover is a feature of this WWE weekend. Takeover 25 was different because it was like, nope, yep, stand we're alone. coming into this building and this is our town. And I feel like that's what's happening with the TV show in a big way because not only is it just you, but it's in your building. Yeah. It's, you know, we're here at the Performance yep. Center. Yep. You're leaving your house to yep. go to your building oh, yeah. yep. to talk to your fans. Yep. And that's all it is. There is no marquee name greater than NXT and the people associated with that brand. It, that's the thing. It, it's grown into its own, like you mentioned, it's grown into its own thing now. So whereas you'd go into a WrestleMania weekend, you'd go into a Royal Rumble weekend, you'd go into Survivor Series, whatever you want to name. Like there's always that buzz because it's the buzz around the weekend. Yes. There is just buzz right now around NXT. Yes. And that is it. And yeah. that is awesome. Because that's <laughs> yeah. what I've been saying for a long, long time. Yeah. I don't know how many times and how many interviews I've done where I'm saying, like, NXT is the main roster. Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Those are the three yeah. brands. And people are like, well, but you got this. I'm like, there is no well, but now. We're on the USA <laughs> Network, baby. It's that's the same it. thing. That's it. <laughs> yeah. They're guys on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. They're, They're like, like, I hope I get called up to NXT. Absolutely, right? right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, uh, how do you, when you won the NXT championship, mm -hmm. Was it a moment where you were like, I want to represent this brand long term? Or was it kind of like, I want this moment and people know who I am regardless? I think there is that. Like, I've, I've always been on the understanding that like I, I, my ultimate goal, my ultimate end game was always winning the NXT championship. Yeah. That was always what I wanted to do. Because for me and for my, for my story, like the little underdog in me that was told no at his tryout, like, when I was told no, I was like, I want to become the face of this company. I want to become the NXT champion. Uh, and to make that happen, WrestleMania weekend, New York City, my family there, it's just literally a dream come true. Like, I couldn't have painted a better picture. But that was never, like, my ultimate, like, I need to be long-term champion, face of this company. Because I know, for me, like, in this role, in what I am, in what I bring to the table, that is not sustainable. We see how the landscape is in wrestling right now and the different, uh, how fans react 
to certain types of champions like that. It's just, it's different now. Right. It's just different. What am I fighting for? Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Once you get there, it's kind of like, okay, well, he got there. Cool. But like, there's no, there's now no, what's the fight? Absolutely. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. more fight. There's no more. Oh, well, he's, he won it. He doesn't need our help anymore. That's kind of what it becomes. Right. Uh, so I knew for me, like I could be the face of this company without the title. Like, I think there are so many more stories for me to tell so many different ways that I can be intertwined in NXT. Cause that's just really what it's all about to me. It's helping this place get where it needs to be and doing what I can to help this place get there, to be the face of this company in different ways. Like, I don't care if I'm mopping the toilet. Yeah. I don't care if I'm mopping the floor, setting up the ring. I'm going to do whatever it takes to take NXT to that next level, whatever that is. So, like, I mean, I don't think you could argue that the Gargano Ciampa story is one of the biggest pieces mm -hmm. of the puzzle that has brought NXT yep. to where it is today. But I think your both of your stories is even more interesting because I think a lot of people don't talk about you guys coming to NXT. And I think talent like you guys being in NXT was a big step forward. But when you got here, you guys were still working indie shows, right? Like yeah. you didn't come here no. to be NXT. I mean, no. you might have come here to be an NXT superstar, but NXT didn't bring you oh, here no. to be a superstar. No, no, no. Not at all. We were brought here basically to work with inexperienced talent to make them look good. Mm -hmm. We were brought here almost as enhancement talent. Like, that's basically what it was. With a little bit of buzz. With a little bit of buzz. Yeah. Uh, enhancement talent with a little bit of buzz. And we took that role and we said, okay, you know what? They're going to open that door a little bit for us, but yeah. we're going to kick it down. Right. And, and they, you got people got to think, like, four years ago, NXT was so different. Completely. Like, you, you look at the Kevins, you look at the Sammys, you look at the Finns, you look at Neville, but there was only a select few indie guys, top-name indie guys who and by the way, everybody you just mentioned, name go, change, yep, identity yep, change. Yep, like it was like, yep, no, we're turning you yep. into WWE. And they had superstars. this little moment where they'd have their run, yeah, and then they leave. That's yeah, it was just that's what it, that's it was what a training ground. That's what people got used to. It was yeah. a pit stop. They yes. come here for a few little. They oh, like they're great there, but they're gonna change when they go up there. Yeah, that that was the narrative I wanted to change when I said like I'm staying in NXT forever. Yeah. I wanted to change that narrative. I wanted people to say like. Oh, wait, Johnny Gargano, uh, that's Johnny Gargano now. He's great, but, man, when he gets up there, he's going to get ruined. He's going to be awful. He's going to change everything about him. Like, right. That's the narrative I want to change. I want you to say, like, no, this isn't a pit stop for me. This is my home. Right. Like, there is no, I can't wait till he moves on. There is no, I can't wait till he gets called up. No, like, I'm here. This right. is my home. You watch right. NXT, you're going to see Johnny Gargano. I'm sorry. You're, you're stuck and, with me. <laughs> I think it helps you, though, because you see how you were brought in mm -hmm. and what that became. So in your mind, you're going like, well, just because the process is this, you've already identified that it doesn't mean the process will continue to no, be this, No, you can right? change it. Right. We, like I said earlier, we have the power. Like, we can make this whatever we want it to be. And NXT has become the wrestling that I love. It's the reason I fell in love with professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. It is long-term stories. It is, you look at me and Tommaso, for instance, like being able to tell that story and have input in that story and like have uh, Triple H and Sean and D-Generation X, basically, uh, take that input and use it and let us be creative because that is the beauty behind NXT. It's a let talented people be talented. Right. They do not take that talent away. They enhance that talent. Right. And that is, the, that is the trick to all of this. <laughs> they just let people be people. They let me be me. Let Tommaso be Tommaso. Yeah. And we do our thing, and it works. Is it a scary thing when you go through that story with Tommaso, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, obviously, you guys know you've made history here with mm -hmm. this story. And then it's like, okay, now it's time for you to do a story with Adam Cole. Yep. And you're like, oh, my God, I have to repeat. You know, this is now the measuring stick I've made. Yeah. It's like winning, uh, you know, you talk to filmmakers that win an Oscar 
the next time now it, that's not a goal anymore. Yeah, that's the standard. Yeah, it's weird. Like Sean was talking about this yesterday about how you just perform at such a high level that you can never have a night off. Right. Basically, that's expected from you. Right. The minute you have like a, a good match, it's like whoa. Like, right. What was that? Like, so what, what was that match for you? Was it was it the Andrade match? Was it because I feel like I so feel like you I, you went on a run like oh, starting yeah. with the Andrade match, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it was like okay. I have to steal the show at every takeover yeah, now. That, and then it became the fans going like, well, of course Johnny's going to steal yeah, the show at takeover. There's no otherwise why have him here. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's like I love that pressure. I love takeover just because I love the pressure. I love the spotlight. And like I've made it more takeovers than anyone because I feel like they believe I handle the pressure very well. Like you can watch me. Like I don't know if you've been in Gorilla anytime before I go out. I'm very calm. Mm-hmm. I'm not rattled. I'm not nervous. Like I'm excited. But I'm not like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because I believe in myself. I know, like, this is what I need to do to get where I want to be. Mm-hmm. This was the role I wanted. I wanted to be in this spot. And if I don't perform in this spot, I don't deserve to be in that spot anymore. That's just what it comes down to. But, yeah, the Andrade match was really the first moment, I feel, where people looked and they saw that and they're like, oh, wait. Like, that's what we got here? Because they still didn't know. Right. I still don't think they knew. You knew. I knew. That's I knew, so like, funny. give me yeah. that chance. Yeah. Give me that yeah. chance. <laughs> I'm gonna freaking kill it. Yeah. Uh, but you gotta think like that wouldn't have ha- that probably would not have happened if Drew McIntyre or Drew Galloway, whatever Drew McIntyre, yeah. didn't get hurt when he defended the title against Andrade. Right. So the, the takeover before uh, he gets hurt and they need an opponent for Andrade next takeover. I think someone was like, "Well, Johnny, we always have Johnny in our back pocket." They're like that's that's. I feel like I'm. I was in that. I was that in case of emergency break glass guy. Right. And they broke the glass, and I'm like, I'm not going back no. in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Glass is broken. Yeah, I'm back. It. I'm out now. <laughs> yeah. So I went on that run since then. And it's just that's become the standard now, and I hold myself to that standard. Yeah. Like the minute I feel like I'm not performing at that level, and I hate all my own matches, so this is even harder for me. That's what I was gonna ask. Like, yeah. Do you have? Do you still leave going like, "Oh, that sucks"? All the time. Like, you know what? Maybe I suck. Every single Maybe match, every single match, I come to the back. I ask Candace, "Was that fine? Was that good?" Like I hear <laughs> I just, the people, like I, I don't need, know. I just need it to be fine. I just, tell me it was okay. Like okay, it's okay. Okay, good. okay, good. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it's it's a huge time for NXT, and as an NXT fan and somebody who's lucky enough to do these pre-shows and stuff, I just I love watching this brand grow. It's so cool, um, and I'm happy for you guys. Man. Thank you, man. It's Appreciate really cool. It. Yep. Congrats Thanks. on everything and. Uh, Good luck. Thanks, buddy. We're yeah, going to kill sure. it. We're yeah. going to kill it. I know. I know. <laughs> so, here we are at the WWE Performance Center with Bianca Belair. Yeah. Yeah. The Bianca Belair. The, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. The Bianca Belair. Uh, what's going on, Bianca? What's the haps? You know, just having a great day today. It's going to be a good day. Yeah. The first two-hour premiere on the USA Network yes. for NXT. So, I'm just excited for today. You know, you have a very uh, loyal and rapid online fan base. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know if you are aware of that, but you should be very proud of that. Oh yeah, they call themselves the the Estes or the Estate. Yeah, they they, they have my back all the time. You, I've, no, I, I you know about I that, have, right? yeah, no, I've I've yeah, I've heard a thing or two. You don't mess with them. Apparently not. Kind of compare them maybe to the Beehive. Yeah, they, no, it's tough. They're brutal. It's yeah, they're oh yeah, they are. Oh yeah, yeah, they are. No, I still, uh, <laughs> I still hear from them to this day. Um, well. What has life been like for the last nine months? You know, you you main evented ten months, I guess, because it was Royal Rumble weekend that you main evented Takeover. You kind of, I feel like, introduced a lot of people to who you were and what you were capable of. How do you feel like life has changed since then? Ooh, uh, I feel like everything that has happened 
has happened the way that it was supposed to happen. Everything? Even comments people make? Sure. Yes. You know, because along with success, you're going to have people who have their opinions. Right. But it's always fun to prove them wrong. <laughs> That's the best part of the job. But no, I think that everything that, that has happened is supposed is what was supposed to happen. You know, I have I walked into the performance center three and a half years ago. I've learned from the the ground up, and I've worked hard. I have deserved everything that has come my way, and I have proved to everyone every step of the way that I'm the EST of NXT. So that's what Bianca Belair does. Yeah. Did, have you been an athlete since? I mean, since when? When did you start kind of working out and? So, I started track when I was five. My parents realized uh, that I was just a kid that never stopped moving. I, I, my parents had this door that had these bars on it. I don't know why, but I used to climb up the door. I used to climb trees, and my dad, my dad told my mom, we need to put her in something before she, she kills herself. Like, she needs to put this energy into something. So they put me into track and gymnastics. <laughs> so I've been doing track and gymnastics since I was five. And because of my parents, I grew this love for sports. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I've done my whole entire life is sports. I've played almost every sport in the book. I've done track. I've done gymnastics. I've done tumbling. I've done basketball. I've done soccer. I've done CrossFit. I did some cross country. That didn't last very long. <laughs> um, <laughs> but You're yeah. more in the energetic bursts? Yeah. Than, uh... Yeah, a 10-minute run and I'm done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely make that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they say in, like, uh, people who just do, like, weight training and stuff. It's like anything that's reps is cardio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever gone through a period where you took time off from exercise? And I don't mean, like, a day. I mean, like, yeah, I extended. Did. Yeah, so I went to college. Uh, I was recruited as one of the top five hurdlers in the nation. Went to University of South Carolina. Things didn't work out there. Went transferred to, to uh, Texas A&M University. Things didn't work out there, and that's when I needed to take a break. And I came back. I went back home to Tennessee, and I took a break for about a year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to run track anymore. I've been doing this since I was five. I'm burnt out. I have other issues that I need to, to deal with. And so I took a year off. Went back home with my family. Dealt with those issues, and then I decided I want to. I want to walk onto the track team. And that's what I did. I walked onto the track team, earned back a scholarship. But I took a year off then. And you weren't training for that year? I was not training so for that year. So you just, after a year, walked back on, and they're like, oh, no, we'll have you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I had to earn my way back on. Of course. So through fall training. When I first walked on, they, I didn't get a scholarship initially. Like, mm. I went through fall training. I went through a year of competing, and that's when I earned a scholarship. And then after that, after track, I went into CrossFit because I, I missed the, the competitive environment, and then I got hurt. Uh, I have intercostal costochondritis and shifting rib syndrome. My ribs pop out and my rib popped from my sternum. And so I was out for about a year. And I actually got my first tryout while I was still recovering from that injury. And I didn't think that I was going to be able to do it. And then they called me for a second tryout. And I almost contacted them and told them that I couldn't do the tryout because I didn't think that I could get through it. But I was like, hey, what do I have to lose? So came to the tryout and just been doing recovery ever since. That's amazing. So where did they, you, did you call them or did they call you for a tryout? So I was doing CrossFit and I used to make my own outfits and I wore these crazy like big bows and tutus and so I really stood out and Mark Henry saw a video online of me competing and I was, it was one event where I grabbed the microphone and I was just talking to the crowd and he 
was like, hey, have you ever thought of being in WWE? And a couple of weeks before that, I actually went online and looked at it. It was just ironic how it all just, just all came together. And he told me, you know, I can get you a tryout, but that's all I can do for you. Yeah. So he gave me the information, and I had the phone number of who to call, and, and I called a lot until I finally got a response. And then that's So it's something you really invited. wanted to do? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you grow up a wrestling I, fan? I didn't. I only watched wrestling because my, my brother watched it a lot uh -huh. growing up. And so we used to fight over the remote, and when he won... And I had to watch wrestling. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only really time I really watched wrestling growing up. And then once he left the house, I didn't really watch it a lot. So when I came in to the Performance Center, I didn't really know a lot about the history of mm -hmm. the business or know a lot about wrestling other than what I watched when I was younger. So I honestly didn't know much about the business. I've been playing catch up and learning about the history of the business and trying to learn this skill at the same time for three and a half years. So did you just look at, at, at kind of WWE and wrestling as like something where you could take your athleticism and turn it into a lifetime career? Because I would imagine at some point when you're running track, it's like you either go to the Olympics or once school's done, it's yeah. like there's not a huge industry of let's go to this professional track meet, right? Yeah, so after college, my, my coach was encouraging me to try to go pro. I have been running track since I was five. Like I was like, I'm burnt out. I'm done. I I've, did it. I've, I've accomplished what I want to accomplish. I can walk away and be completely fine with it. Missed the competitive environment. Found CrossFit. Got hurt. Was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I feel like my whole life I've just been searching. And I've, you know, I, I had a job in Atlanta, and I kind of just settled into, okay, this is my life. But yeah, I just like I that thing felt, where like I could just sit here. I don't have to think about anything. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, but that gave me miserable. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm the type of person where like I just want to use my full potential. And I knew that I'm very talented. I'm athletic, and I I'm very creative. And and I saw I was watching at home, and. I was flipping through the channels. I saw it, saw Raw, and then Total Divas was out at the time. So it was like the, the women were getting a lot of, um, a lot of, I guess, attention. Yeah. And so, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, I really feel like that could be perfect for me because I can utilize every single part of me from my physical capability, my athleticism, my creativity. I make my own gear. I, I literally, like, I literally can use every single part of my potential and I feel like it was a perfect fit for me and it was something that kind of found me and we found each other and I've grown a passion for it and now I can't see myself doing anything other than this right which is crazy you yeah know, going yeah from not even no really knowing about it or really paying attention to it to now is something that I can't see myself not doing yeah I'm always so interested in that especially with like athletes when you have this life plan where it's like, this is what my life is dedicated to. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're still young. You're in your twenties yeah. and you're like, wait, <laughs> like I got to change course now. Yeah. And the whole thing is going to look different. You find this other thing. And I think it's amazing. Um, well, look, good luck with everything. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you, you opened, you had a, an incredible performance opening uh, NXT on USA. Thank you. You know, and obviously there's going to be a, a lot of room for more uh, opportunities Oh, as yeah. that comes around, I mean, you could probably talk to your husband if you get around to it. Maybe you could see if he could stop, like, uh, staring uh, death holes <laughs> through me every time that he sees me. Does feel threatening at times. He's a, he's a big man, and I'm not, you know, sitting at a table away from everybody. I'm actually yeah, you know, face-to-face, -face, and that's that's a different 
deal for me. Yeah, you know, it's a couple of things you don't mess with. It comes to him. It's his cup in me. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll remember that it about might, the cop. It might, yeah. it, might, it might take a while. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the story. <laughs> a little you bit more forgiving. The story you just told also explains why I had to uh, had to sit down with Mark Henry too. Yeah. So that's. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that I, makes I have, sense. I have now. a great support system. You really do. Yeah. You yeah. really do. Yeah. And congratulations on that too. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having of me. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Hey, welcome to this week's State of Wrestling. Uh, although, you know, I may change it. I don't know if I'm going to keep calling it the State of Wrestling just because we're doing two shows a week and they're all so topical and really we're only covering the State of Wrestling over the last, like, three days. So, I don't know. You tell me. Hit me up on Twitter and whatever. If you think we should keep the State of Wrestling name, we're certainly not doing the top five stories of the week anymore because if we're doing two shows a week, we can't do the top five stories of the week because we already covered a show's worth of stories this week. Regardless. Uh, welcome to the show. I mean, welcome to the segment, State of Wrestling. As we talked about at the beginning of the show, we're not talking about Hell in a Cell because we're recording this State of Wrestling in advance. And I think that that's okay this week. First of all, who knows? We'll probably have to do a bonus podcast just to cover Hell in a Cell just because there's four matches announced, I think. Who, what do we have confirmed for Hell in a Cell? Two raw Hell in a Cell matches, which is interesting. As we said on the, on the pod on Thursday, they are the matches that I want to see in Hell in a Cell. But it's just interesting that there's no SmackDown matches. You've got uh, Seth versus The Fiend, which is really what the whole pay-per-view is built around. You've got Sasha versus Becky, which I think is low-key, one of the best told stories in a long time. And Roman and Daniel Bryan versus Luke Harper and Eric Rowan with a handshake on SmackDown. And then I think they just added Bailey and Charlotte. So you got four matches announced for Hell in a Cell, but, I mean, can you really blame WWE? They've had a lot on their plate this week. It's almost like, look, we'll, we'll figure out Hell in a Cell on Saturday. We just, just let's, we got to get to Friday. We got to get to Friday. And boy, did they. Um, I am reading, as of this recording, I am reading that SmackDown did almost 4 million views this week. Four million views. The number that I see, and this is from somebody on Twitter, but it's, uh, you know, a couple of people posted this and I trust them, is 3.9 million for the first hour and 3.8 million for the second hour. Now, uh, I don't, and, and, you know, just to put it in context, Raw peaked somewhere around like 2.7 million, NXT was around 900,000. AEW was considered a huge success at, uh, I think, 1.4 million. So look, this is, everybody knows this is not a numbers podcast. I have not studied television ratings. Uh, I'm not a television programmer. This is a wrestling podcast. So at the end of the day, we talk about what we thought of the show. It's not about the ratings. The same way, you know, when the debate was happening on whether or not Raw should be three hours, and the people that were pro-Raw being three hours were saying, well, WWE makes more money that way. That's not what our conversation is as fans from a business perspective. Okay. But that's not the conversation that we're having here. However, I do think specifically for this week, even from a wrestling fan perspective, the ratings are super interesting and worth talking about because, you know, you look at what was being promoted. You look at what a big deal was being made out of this show. Right. And there were people saying, 
I don't think that SmackDown on Fox is going to be that much different from SmackDown on USA. Wrestling fans are wrestling fans. It's Friday night. Yeah, Fox is in more televisions, you know, more households across the country, but not that many more. You know, most people have cable, and it's on Friday night, which is a worse night for television than Tuesday night and all this stuff. Now, look, I think this is for now going to be a peak number. I don't think it's going to stay at anywhere near 4 million, but the fact that that's where we're starting is a very, very good sign, and I'm not surprised. I mean, the, the publicity that went into SmackDown this week was unreal. They did such a good job from, you know, all the Fox inclusion. Like, it is so clear that Fox is so heavy on board with this. It's it's really reassuring to see. You know, I mean, not we're coming from a time, historically, networks and advertisers, they don't take pro wrestling very seriously. They never have, even when pro wrestling was as successful as anything has ever been, they weren't taking wrestling very seriously. So to see Fox not only pony up the dough, but then turn around and get so many of their own personalities involved in promoting this, whether it's Colin Cowherd, whether it's Aaron Andrews, whether, you know, like all these people that are a part of either the promotion or the SmackDown show itself last night or Friday night, uh, I think, you know, you can't overstate what a big deal it is and how on board Fox seems with the entire thing. Uh, and I think that that's amazing. Watching the the kickoff show, the blue carpet kickoff show, it felt like a big deal. You know, seeing Renee Young and Booker T, although I think you could add a third person there, maybe somebody to, you know, say some things that piss a few people off, something like that. I think there is room for that, Fox. But... Seeing Renee Young and Booker T there, and I love it. It was like little things. Like the, I felt like with Renee and Booker at the table, even when Seth was there, it was far more conversational than we're used to, and it felt way more like an NFL pregame show. The shot was wide more often than it was tight, and I liked that because it opened up this conversation. It felt like Renee and Booker were just having an having unscripted dialogue and just kind of analyzing what we were about to see on TV, even when Seth came in. The thing, it it was really interesting because it felt less choreographed, but as tight as anything I've ever seen. And I think that that goes to show, I mean, that that, that goes to play uh, to the strengths of Renee Young and Booker T. I mean, two of the best to ever sit at a pre-show desk. Maybe the two best to ever sit at a pre-show desk, yours truly aside. Um, And then the show itself... Uh, the set is amazing. You know you've done a good job with the set when you go on the internet and universally it's just loved. It's praised. It Look, people were talking about different wrestling shows feeling like a big deal this week. No show felt like a bigger deal than SmackDown did. SmackDown felt like the biggest thing that wrestling has ever seen. You know, it was like bigger than pay-per-views have been. I would imagine that Hell in a Cell will not feel quite as big as SmackDown felt this week. It'll be interesting to see what SmackDown continues to look like as it goes on, but I think that for a good period of time, there's going to be a lot of energy paid to SmackDown. A lot of money was paid to put that show on, on Fox. And I think WWE also recognizes it as a great opportunity for their brand. Uh, you know, I, I thought, I, I liked the pace of the show of SmackDown this week. Some people didn't. 
Some people thought it was too fast. It needed to breathe a little bit. But I think that's people being nitpicky. I think the pace was great. I, I think that clearly they were trying to show people that haven't watched. And if you've got 4 million people watching SmackDown, there's a lot of people watching that haven't been watching regularly. So I think it was like, how do we fit as much into the show as humanly possible? We want to show everybody what WWE looks like today. And I loved how much focus was put on the current performers and not on the legends. I love that when The Rock came out, he was The Rock, but it made it established right away in that first segment. Baron Corbin is the top villain, Becky Lynch as the top good guy. And I think that we can all be really happy about that too, that that's the decision that was made. Number one, that that's how The Rock was used. Number two, that The Rock, the Rock looked amazing and clearly is ready for another WrestleMania match. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody watching that segment wasn't going, please, please do another WrestleMania match. So that was already exciting. And then to look a step further and to be a little more analytical about it and go like, oh, cool. This means that Baron Corbin is looked at as, as the bad guy. When we need somebody to really portray a villain in the WWE, we're going to Baron Corbin. And when we need a hero, we're going to Becky Lynch. And those are the people that I think most of us want to see in that position. So I thought that segment was incredible. I loved that that everybody was working at breakneck speeds. Uh, I thought the ladder match was great. Uh, the women's tag, clean finishes, by the way. Not, not a lot of schmaltzy stuff. Uh, I, 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 I was thinking to myself, like I enjoyed that WWE was ballsy enough to put on a Firefly Funhouse. I thought that was a fantastic move that they have enough faith in the character that the one thing that slowed down the action on SmackDown was we're going to let Bray do his thing. We're going to a pre-recorded Mr. Rogers-style vignette in the middle of a match that maybe a lot of people watching have no idea what it is, and we're going to let Bray do his thing. We're going to let Bray, you know, introduce all the characters. We're going to let him uh, do his uh, mock Hell in a Cell match. We're actually going to promote the pay-per-view, which I thought was great. And then having The Fiend come out and, and just showing the Fox audience what The Fiend is and what it's all about, I don't see how you could not be interested in that character. So I thought that was great. Um, I thought uh, that I, I... Some people were critical of AJ Styles being in that eight-man tag just because the eight-man tag made it so nobody except Braun Strowman really shined. But, you know, I mean, I think... I don't think the intention was to misuse AJ Styles. I think the intention was to give those eight guys the opportunity to shine with a match on that episode of SmackDown. That's a very big deal. You know? You had your 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 Lumberjack match, and I think it's better that AJ Styles is an eight-man tag than he is a Lumberjack match. Um, as a Lumberjack, that is. Uh, you know, and the eight-man tag was what it was. I think at the end of the day, it was about setting, planting that seed for whatever's going to happen between Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury. But I got crazy vibes watching Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury, man. I really hope that becomes a thing. I think it will. I think it'd be crazy not to. Uh, you know, that match has just got money written all over it. I, I was getting, I mean, probably not on the level because Tyson Fury is not as famous as Floyd Mayweather is. But I think just because of his look and just because there's so much buzz about him right now as a boxer, there's just so much buzz about him that... You could really hype this up. And a Tyson Fury-Braun Strowman match would be just huge for the company, 
Big deal for Tyson Fury. Huge for Braun Strowman. I think it would be really cool. I think you got to do it now. I, I want to see it. Uh, Lumberjack match was uh, cool. You know, it was weird that... I, I guess you wanted to end... You wanted Roman on SmackDown on that first episode of SmackDown to be victorious. You wanted to give the right first impression of Roman. But it was kind of like, oh, so Roman can definitely beat Eric Rowan, no problem. Uh, I don't think it completely spoils the tag match at Hell in a Cell, but I also still think that Daniel Bryan should turn on Roman Reigns at Hell in a Cell. Um, but there were two points of controversy with the show. One was that uh, the legends being advertised. You had, uh, I, I think Sting made an appearance in the audience at some point, but you had guys like Sting and Goldberg and, you know, several other guys. It ended up being Mick Foley and Kurt Angle, Mark Henry, just popping up and saying hello in the audience. So technically, they were there. You would think, you know, with Goldberg just doing a thing with Dolph Ziggler, with like the, something would have been done. But you also, you've only got a two-hour show, and you do want to showcase your guys that are going to be on Fox theoretically every week, depending on how the draft goes. Um, so I think that the the... Umbridge taken, though, was the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin, Undertaker, these guys weren't on the show at all. They were either there. Somebody, there was reports that the Undertaker was there and went home. Stone Cold is from Los Angeles, so theoretically it couldn't have been that tough to get him into the building. Um, and they just weren't on the show. I guess there wasn't room for him. I And I was fine with them not being on the TV show. You know, I think that a lot of, I think, letting Kevin Owens look like a star in that ladder match with Shane McMahon. I think giving Braun, uh, even giving Roman Reigns a clean victory, giving Braun Strowman his moment, giving The Fiend and Seth Rollins their moment, like all that stuff and that opening segment, all that stuff was super valuable long-term. And that's where that was my complaints coming out of Raw Reunion was that it was all short-term benefit. Nobody benefited long-term. On SmackDown, everybody benefited long-term except the fans that bought tickets to see Steve Austin and The Undertaker. I would have thought that the WWE would bring all the legends out like maybe after SmackDown went off the air and just do something for the live crowd. Something like you did for Raw Reunion and have Stone Cold have a beer bath with Sting and Goldberg and Mark Henry and Dude Love and Kurt Angle and everybody. Like I would have thought that that would have happened and I'm not sure why it didn't at least happen for the audience. But I thought for the show this time... It was okay. The Rock represented history. And the rest of it, you put the legends in the audience and let the, let the current roster shine and be the superstars. And I actually thought that was a good thing. I think that uh, uh, when you look at the world title match, the world title match is where there was controversy. Of course. Now, you heard it here first. Hack Wrestling Journalist, Scoops Roberts, let you know that Brock Lesnar was going to win the WWE Championship. And Brock Lesnar did win the WWE Championship. I don't even think people were so mad about that. I think the controversy came with the fact that Kofi Kingston lost in one move. Brock Lesnar went in there, F5'd him, out like a light, and pins him 1-2-3. The dream title reign of Kofi Kingston is over just like that. Now, um... Yeah, I mean, that's that's a not a, a great way for Kofi's reign to end. 
especially based on the fact that it felt like it was still in a good place. So it's really weird. Like, we weren't waiting for it to end. I would have been fine with Kofi running until next year's WrestleMania's champion. Um, but I think with Brock Lesnar, to play devil's advocate here, I'm not justifying it. I'm playing devil's advocate. Why would they do that? Well, the reason why would be because you, with a character like Brock Lesnar, the whole idea is that he can easily beat anybody he wants to at any time. And that way, when he does get beat, it becomes a really big deal. Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar. In order for stuff like that to stay a big deal, you need Brock Lesnar to almost always dominate opponents. And again, when you're presenting it to Fox, you want you want to show that Brock Lesnar hasn't missed a step. That the Brock Lesnar that ended the Undertaker streak is still the guy. You know what I mean? So... That's why you want Kofi Kings, I mean, Brock Lesnar to easily beat your champion because number one, it's going to make people hate him, hate him because they love Kofi so much. And number two, it's going to take away anything that was done uh, by having Seth beat him. You know, you don't want your entire roster to get a good amount of offense in against Brock Lesnar. I would have liked to see Kofi get a little bit more offense in, but Kofi pulled the short straw this week on SmackDown, especially because, as I told you, Scoops, hack professional wrestling journalist, told you that you don't have to go and do a uh, uh, Brock-Kofi rematch right away. And you shouldn't. Like, Kofi doesn't technically deserve a rematch. He got demolished. He got trampled. We're going right in to Brock Lesnar, and the guy that I think shocked the world, Cain Velasquez. So I said on Twitter, nobody saw this coming, and some people were like, yeah, you should read Twitter more. Stop it. You know, people were aware that Cain Velasquez was wrestling. People were aware that Cain Velasquez could end up in WWE. He was already in AAA, could be AEW. People knew that Cain Velasquez wrestling was a possibility. I didn't hear anybody sitting there saying, oh, yeah, Brock's going to win the title and then Cain Velasquez is going to come in. Even when Rey Mysterio and his son got beat up, I didn't hear people saying, oh, well, this is going to play out because Cain Velasquez is going to have Rey's back. I don't think anybody saw Cain Velasquez closing SmackDown, staring down Brock Lesnar happening. I didn't see it happening. And I don't. I think it shocked a lot of people, which I think is great in this day and age. Um and I think there is money in a Cain Velasquez-Brock Lesnar fight. I mean, I was reading some people. My God. Cain Velasquez, he's got to get himself in shape. No, he doesn't. That's the whole point. Cain Velasquez can look however he looks. He beat Brock Lesnar in an octagon. What do you mean he has to get himself in shape? Shut up. Like, he could beat anybody. What kind of shape do you have to be in? You know, just read his resume, for God's sake. They're going to tell the story of Cain Velasquez, and you're not going to be sitting there going like, yeah, but I would have thought he'd be more toned. Shut up. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I think, you know, doing a show on Fox, that show that you're doing, it's okay to be closing with Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar, and you're sitting there going like, oh, well, you're taking your pro wrestlers and you're making it seem like, you know, that the MMA guys... Are, are better than they are. And, but look, Cain Velasquez is coming to WWE, okay? he's Brock Lesnar's in WWE. Like, the reason to hire MMA fighters is because their fan bases want to see them the way they were in UFC. 
in order to keep those fan bases and to make money off your current fan base, you have to make this guy who was able to legit knock out some of the toughest people in the world continue to look tough. There is no reason why Cain Velasquez should come in to WWE and not seem like he can beat up everybody because he's already proven that he could beat up everybody. Like, let's not sit there and say he's not a baseball player coming in and beating up everybody. He's a fighter. His fighting technique still works in WWE. Like, what do you want to start him as, like, uh, uh, having a U.S. title run? Cain Velasquez? One of the best-known combat athletes in the world? What, are we going to put him on 205 for a while until he warms up? Like, are you crazy? Of course he should be in a main event position. Get the most out of your uh, investment. It's silly otherwise. I, I don't understand. I if, I if he came out and, like, jumped, you know... No Way Jose or something, I'd be like, why would you go to all the trouble of getting Cain Velasquez in the WWE just so he could jump No Way Jose? Let's put him in the world title scene already. Put him. That's what you'd say. you go, why wouldn't you just have Brock Lesnar win the title? And some people were going like, well, Brock didn't need to win the title in order to have his Cain Velasquez feud. You could have had Cain Velasquez cost him the title. But that's not true. Because if you had done that, then Brock Lesnar goes into his rivalry with Cain Velasquez having lost to Kofi Kingston. The point is that in this rivalry, Cain Velasquez comes in and says, I can beat you, Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar says, I can beat everybody. Of course I can beat you. Like, you want Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar to be the battle of two people that cannot be beat. That's why Brock Lesnar had to dominate Kofi Kingston. If Kofi Kingston beats Brock Lesnar, even if it's with interference... It's not, nobody looks better for it. Kofi's not going to look better for it because he couldn't actually beat Brock. He did it with interference. Cain Velasquez doesn't look better because why would he go after Brock? Why wouldn't he go after Kofi Kingston and be the champion? Brock Lesnar doesn't look any better because he didn't beat Kofi. He didn't beat Seth. And now he's got to go compete with this guy that beat him in UFC. Nobody would look better if, if Brock Lesnar did not win the title. Everybody would look worse, including Kofi. Now, I get the people that are saying, you know, it's it's BS that, that Kofi, after everything he did, shouldn't have been treated like that. And I can I can go with that argument. But if that's your argument, make your voice heard. Go to shows, because I'm going to tell you something. This is very similar to what happened with Daniel Bryan. Very similar to what happened with Daniel Bryan right before the Yes movement really began. He got beat at WrestleMania by Sheamus in seven seconds. Because WWE was like, whatever. And then the fans were like, no, we won't take it. So this is what you do. You don't sit there and complain and oh, you work rate of this person. Go to shows and cheer for Kofi Kingston. Go to merch stands and buy Kofi Kingston shirts. Go to Hot Topic and get New Day merchandise. Go to Toys R Us and buy Kofi Kingston toys. Go on the WWE Network, watch Kofi Kingston matches. Go on WWE's YouTube channel, watch Kofi Kingston segments. As a viewer, let your power be heard. When Kofi Kingston is attached to anything, support it. And support it loudly. And support it in a way that they can't ignore. Because that's the only reason Kofi Kingston got the title in the first place. And that's the only thing that will bring him back to that title scene. And I think it's super, super possible. Kofi Kingston has proven that he can be a great champion. 
one of the best champions in the modern SmackDown era, for sure. Kofi's your guy. So I think it's on the audience now to go out there and not, not insult the things that WWE gives you, but cheer for the things that you want. Go to shows, cheer for Kofi. You know what I mean? Like, make that voice heard, and I think you'll end up with Kofi back in the spot. You know, as I said, uh, you know, on previous podcasts, I think Kofi winning the title from Brock Lesnar is better than Kofi retaining the title against Brock Lesnar. If Kofi had won via disqualification or Kofi had won because of interference, it would have been garbage. If Kofi eventually is able to beat Brock Lesnar or even Cain Velasquez for the WWE Championship at a big show like maybe WrestleMania, then you've got a story. You thought last year's WrestleMania moment was great. Can you imagine if Kofi Kingston goes to this year's WrestleMania against Brock? I mean, come on. You know, you could have lightning in a bottle twice. So that's what I would say. Just don't stop supporting Kofi. And, and and get him back into the position that he's in. Um, we did find out a couple things. There was rumors going around that Edge was going to come back. And I was starting to get really excited. Because Edge is one of my favorites of all time. Um, the rumors were that the doctor had cleared him. He stopped doing the Edge and Christian podcast. So people are like, oh, Edge is coming back. And then Edge tweeted that he's not. Now, I still hold out hope. Because if you're a wrestler and you want to surprise people, you're going to lie to him. So it could be a lie from Edge. But it's probably not. But I would love to see Edge back on SmackDown. I think it would be so cool. You know, I've I felt like when Edge left, he still had a lot more to do. He he Edge is truly still to this day, I think, underrated. Some people say overrated. Those people are idiots. I think Edge is underrated as one of the top heels uh of his era. Just great. One of John Cena's greatest rivalries. I mean, definitely probably top three John Cena rivalries was Edge. I Probably Edge, CM Punk, but really just for that Money in the Bank match. And maybe Randy Orton. As far as John Cena's top rivalries go, you could throw in The Rock, but that's more of a match than a full-on rivalry. I mean, but I, I, I might put the Edge-John Cena rivalry even higher. I really loved that, that, that story. And I loved Edge in that era. I, the ultimate opportunist, Edge, I thought he was so great. So hopefully, but I don't know. And they have been. there has been an announcement. Mae Young is coming back this year. Not the person, but the tournament. The Mae Young Classic, they're going to do it at full sale November 2nd and 3rd. So I would imagine it'll air sometime after that. No announcement of participants or anything like that. But I think that'll be great. And it'll end up, hopefully Kylie Ray shows up there. Now that she's not in uh, AEW anymore. Um Hopefully she'll show up there and it'll be it'll be awesome. All right, guys, we're going to cover Hell in a Cell uh, on Thursday, if not before. We'll see you then. Thanks for rolling with us on Not Sam Wrestling. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been... Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. 
and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.